The beauty of the Psalms is that they capture the range of human emotions, from sadness to joy and even anger. So what are the Christian today to do with those imprecatory psalms of judgment upon God's enemies? Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505 and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to another week of Consider It with another question to consider. Let's take it. What do we do with the imprecatory psalms, and how do we reconcile those parts of Scripture with the command to love our enemies? That's two questions, but I like it today because what it's getting at here are maybe some of those uh, seeming contradictions in the Scriptures, right? Right. Uh, That's an accusation from unbelievers oftentimes of, oh, the Bible's full of errors, it's full of contradictions, and this is one of those examples uh, in that to help us think through, but also like as Christians, and how do we live in a world where there's injustice and evil around us? How do we pray uh, towards that? How do we respond, uh, particularly when it hits close to home? Right. And so, um, so the two questions uh, really here, I think, bear some defining and some fleshing out because maybe this concept for some is new, the imprecatory psalms. And that's right. What is, what is imprecatory, Blair? <laughs> right. We don't really, uh, like, that's not a word we're using every, you know, every day in, in our vocabulary. Uh, to imprecate is to, like, call out judgment. It is to... Uh, you know, request uh, consequences or harm or judgment upon uh, an enemy. That's what, uh, you know, or even even to the, uh, the place of like cursing uh, somebody. And so there are some of those uh, psalms as we read through the psalms. Uh, you know, there's, there's psalms that capture all kinds of emotions. That's what we love about the, the psalms, right? That's right. that genre of scripture that really takes truth and says it beautifully and creatively that hits us at our human emotion to psalms of repentance where the you know like psalm 51 where we you know where we're convicted of our sin and coming yeah. before the lord it's psalms of great joy in the lord of the blessing of following the lord and psalms of lament in the times of sadness and despair and coming before the lord and calling upon him to act and there are also a handful of psalms that in their entirety or maybe even just in like a section of it yeah. that are imprecatory where uh, the writer, you know, oftentimes David or others, is mad at God's enemies and calling upon God to execute judgment right. on his enemies. Yeah, and, and I think even as we think about this this group of psalms, it's I think it's helpful just to point out a few of them. And so I, I pulled up a, a list of imprecatory psalms. It's not exhaustive, but it's some of the, the majors. What are they? We've got uh, Psalm 5. 10, 17, 35, 58, 59, 69, 70, 
79, 83, 109, 129, 137, and 140. All right, so that's a that's a good handful of them. Um, if uh, 14, yeah, uh, it's 14, yeah. If yeah, 14 of them. So 14 out of 150, you know, have uh, at least some portion of them with uh, with imprecatory uh, content. And so, not 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 necessarily a lot, like all the psalms aren't, but a but a good number that we have to take notice. And right. okay, well, what do we do with these? And yeah. that's why I love the question. And especially then, uh, as we'll come to, is then well, what do we do with then Jesus' command in Matthew five to well, you've heard it said uh, to uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And Jesus saying, no, actually, you need to love your enemies. And so that's right. We'll come back to that uh, here in just a, in just a moment, and what to what do we do with that you know kind of juxtaposition there? But uh, but these imprecatory psalms, so we, like we have to you know like we have to reckon with them. They're here. And here so they are. Here they are. You know. So let's just we can't go through all of them, but let's just take a a, a few of them. Like let's come back to Psalm five in a minute. But uh, I love Psalm fifty eight because this one just the that's pretty vivid imagery as uh, uh, David is calling upon this judgment uh, upon his on his enemies verse 6 Psalm 58 verse 6 Oh God break the teeth in their mouths tear out the fangs of the young lions O Lord let them vanish like water that runs away when he aims his arrows let them be blunted let them be like a snail that dissolves into slime like the stillborn child who never sees the sun sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns whether green or ablaze may he sweep them away the righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. That, my friends, is an example of an imprecatory <laughs> psalm. <laughs> no, and, uh, it, it just uh, some very vivid language here. Now, now let's just uh, pause here for a second, because here's here's the place of these psalms. Like, uh, you know, even though David was king, they were under the rule of the Lord. Like, this Israel is a nation different than any other nation. And sometimes there's some confusion amongst Christians. Like, we think, you know, like America is a Christian nation, things, yeah. and so we can kind of read God's uh, promises and his involvement with the nation of Israel, particularly under the kingdom here, not just of David, but the other kings, and uh, some of the Old Testament uh, 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 work of God in the people of God there in Israel, and like transfer that to America. And it's like whoa, 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 whoa! Like we, the, the, there's some very distinct lines there. That's America right. is not Israel, um, and does not have the same kind of blessing upon it like Israel uh, uh, did in those days, in particular. Right. And so. Uh, you know, so like we're not to go on crusades, <laughs> things like that. You know, we're not here exacting uh, judgment upon the world uh, in uh, in this way. And so David is praying this way against God's enemies. These are the people of God, those that have cursed uh, his people and are specifically attacking Israel, even though they have God's uh, blessing and promise of this land. Um, and uh, they were to be a blessing to the people uh, of the earth. Um, and now these enemies are attacking. So any attack on Israel was also an assault on God. And so that's why he's praying these things. And notice like uh, how that Psalm 58 ends. is really for the glory of God, right? right. So that people would say, uh, there is a God who rewards the righteous and who judges on earth. So that they would know that there is a God out there, and, uh, and he 
you know, he's involved on this earth and in the, in our lives. And he's, he's serious about that. Um, that's the whole like goal in right. praying these things, not just praying on it because, well, they're, you know, like I'm just going to get vengeance on this person because of whatever he cheated me or something like that. But they have declared war on the people of God, thus on God himself. And so David is praying this way uh, to, you know, uh, in a sense, uh, provoke God to move and to protect his people and to stay true to his promises. Right. And so he'd be made known on the earth. And so that's that's the place that they play for the children of Israel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and as you read through the others, Psalm 5 is, is like it. You know, where David also is calling upon the Lord in this way. And here in this one particularly, he's calling upon the God's character as uh, he, uh, uh, you know, is asking God to move and, you know, and to bring out his judgment on them. And so it's a little less vivid language, but in the same way, he's calling upon God to judge. And I think that's the specific thing when it comes to these psalms that we really have to take in mind is that all the imprecatory psalms are really calling upon God to move. Right. It's it's recognizing his sovereignty and and calling him to respond and to act accordingly. Right. It's calling on his sovereignty uh, and it's calling on his faithfulness to his covenant because mm-hmm. he made a promise to Israel, you know, and uh, he would be their God and they would be his people. And so part of his protecting love and faithfulness to his covenant. So they're calling upon God to act according to what he has promised That's right. and according to his character. Um, and so where we miss, you know, where we where we get off in all this, and this is kind of coming to answer the question as well, is in these imprecatory psalms, really, is it's ask, uh, calling on God to move in this way and God to bring judgment. But our response is always to love our enemies. Mm. And even in that way, you know, um, now sometimes love is, is stopping somebody with, with uh, you know, ill intent from harming the vulnerable. That's right. Or cursing God. That's the most loving thing we can do. Right? Like even today, to bring it home now, we should pray that God would you stop, you know, those who are harming innocent children. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to things like uh, child abduction or mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, human trafficking and things like that. I think there is a way that we should pray for God's protection upon the vulnerable in these things, uh, in these situations. Mm. God, would you tonight, would you protect all kids, any, those who are being held against their will? Lord, would you uh, protect them from the hand of those that would harm them and give them a way of escape? And would you bring all those who are holding them captive to justice? God, would you give a tip? Would you uh, alert the police? Would you do what only you can do? Would you, you know, would you even strike those dead uh, who are in, uh, you know, in these places? I think there's a place even now where there are those in this world who are just bent on evil, and particularly an evil that is taking advantage of the vulnerable yeah. to the, you know, to the worst parts of human depravity. There's a place to pray for that big, that God would exact his justice and judgment upon them. And at the same time, praying gospel prayers, that God in that, would you also work all this out for your glory and your good? If that means their death, if that if you will be glorified in that, do that. But what we would love, God, is somehow in your wild providence, 
ways that we can't even see? Would you involve the church? Would you involve believers to step in and provide gospel hope? Not just that they would be uh, set free from this bondage, but also set free from their bondage to sin. And work that all out that the gospel is not too far, uh, you know, they're not too far gone from the gospel, that even those the most evil and wicked, God, you can call to yourself. And we can pray those kind of prayers yeah. at the same time, right? But I think it's important that as we are praying those and and thinking through this is that we're recognizing that these are opportunities to align our hearts, to align our desires and motives with those of God. For sure. And, you know, as you know, David specifically um, is, is highlighted in Scripture for for trying to unite his heart with God's and to, to live out according um, to God's commands. And so right. as we pray these things, we have to be really careful not to allow our personal justice to, um, to infiltrate our, our prayers, that we are using these as opportunities to align our hearts to understand what is righteous and true and good in God's eyes, according to his scripture, right. not just on our own personal you know, vendettas or, or understandings of things. Right, right. This person has made my life inconvenient, therefore they are my enemy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or we just live in such a vilified world even now that oh, you think different than me. You know, mm-hmm. you, you uh, root for a different team, you, you know, whatever. Uh, if you don't have, a, a, you know, complete affirmation of every decision that I make, then you are my enemy. Yeah. You know, and we just live in that way in the world, mm-hmm. but that also infiltrates even in the church. And so it's like, well, you're my enemy. You don't see this. You don't see this the same way. And so uh, now I'm going to pray these imprecatory psalms that God would dissolve you like, you know, a snail into slime. Yeah. Like, well, time out. We don't, you know, like. That that's some pretty big, you know, yeah. <laughs> emotions without some self control. Well, that's that in. Yeah, as you're you're talking, I think even just in the the political system for sure. for one example, yeah. it's like as a conservative or as a, a Democrat or whatever, if you're praying for the other side to be dissolved like right. snails, then like we're not using this right. rightly, like because. Again, it's it's aligning our hearts to to those things of God, and we can't align God into one political party or the next. And so For we sure. just have to be real careful about what we're praying, who we're praying about, and whose justice we're actually praying right, for. Right. Yeah, in that case, we have blurred the lines of a biblical distinction between Israel and us. You know, our political system is not the same as Israel. You know, our national interests as America are not the same as Israel's in those days. Um, and, you know, America does not have the same direct promises uh, as a nation as Israel did as the people of God. And so, um, so yeah, we'd be way out of bounds like that. And, and just like, what in the world? Why, why would we think somebody, you know, who votes differently or political is our enemy? That's right. You know, we may vehemently disagree with certain policies of a, of a political party and, and policies that are, are, are significant and where we believe the, you know, the vulnerable are being harmed or marginalized, and uh, and so we should care passionately about that and do what we can. Um, but they are not our enemies, uh, and uh, you know, if anything, they are enemies of the Lord. And so we need to pray for God's kindness to save them and to rescue them out of that. Yeah. Um, and that's really where we come to instead of like just coming directly to the imprecatory psalms. Um, yeah, that distinction you just made between our enemies and 
God's enemies, I think, is just an important distinction as we think through this and recognizing that that these imprecatory psalms are directed at God's enemies, those who are against you know, him and his will and his desire for for his people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God will deal with his enemies uh, as, as he will. He doesn't need us to defend, uh, you know, his cause in that way. Or, and, and so he, he can do that. And there may be times where he does call us to stand up and to use, you know, certain means, uh, you know, in our day to, to protect the vulnerable. But, um, you know, but we just have to be very careful about these things. And even if we do pray them, it doesn't mean God is on the hook to answer them. That's right. You know, we don't have the same, like I said, the same promises that Israel had to call upon God in this. Um, and at the same time, like God will protect the vulnerable. He loves them. And so that's where we can pray. Like I was referring to earlier, that God would uh, hear the cries of the oppressed and, and uh, deliver them. And, and we should pray that, you know, and that God would do whatever it takes to deliver them, uh, not just from the physical harm which they find themselves in, but also from, uh, you know, the spiritual separation from God uh, in that moment that he would rescue them and that uh, God's people would stand up and, and uh, um, you know, provide the love and support that, that's needed there. And so... Um, so yeah, so we I think we live in light of that, and even if we think uh, like we're compelled to pray in that way, then okay, we just know like God's not like a genie in the bottle. Like okay, now He is gonna just go strike them dead or dissolve them like a snail into slime. <laughs> but it, uh, uh, you know, we're we're calling upon God to act. He is a God of justice, and so let's call on Him to act justly in uh, on this earth and and seek to then. Uh, Walk the way of love with our those who oppose us, and even those who are our enemies, um, and those who are you know who we see differently from. We should uh, continue to love them, um, and uh, know that they are a people in need of rescue, as well. Yeah, I think even in the New Testament, we see this with you know Paul. Um, can't remember the exact reference, but talking about let those who are enemies of God be accursed. Yeah. Uh, I think it's in Galatians maybe. But um, And again, it, it's recognizing those who are teaching against God's truth, you know, false teachers, right. those who are against God, those who are leading people astray, like, let them be accursed. Mm-hmm. You know, let them be cast into the ocean with a millstone tied around their neck. You know, right. there's... There's language, you know, throughout Scripture, Old Testament and the Psalms and, and New Testament that, that that recognize that those who are against God's will, those who are leading folks astray, you know, sh- will be judged and shall be judged. Right. And that's what's really interesting is that distinction there is that those are people, you know, claiming to be Christians within the church ranks that are teaching a false gospel away from, and like, yeah, let that be a curse. Let, because they are teaching something that is actively leading people away from God uh, while claiming to be Christians. There's there's a strict judgment for that. Yeah. There's, the, yeah, like, let them be accursed because the eternal implications of this are, are, are serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same, that's not to diminish the, you know, like the physical harm of, you know, the situations like we referred to before in human trafficking or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, child, you know, uh, abuse or, you know, harm or whatever it might be. 
uh, yet, you know, and often case they're not claiming to be Christians in right. that case. They are lost as lost can be. They are unregenerate. Like they're, they're acting according to their sinful nature. And there are people that are in need of rescue as well. Like even the perpetrators in that are in need of rescue mm. in the same way that the, the, you know, the victims are in need of rescue. And so we're asking God to bring justice in there. You know, we're asking God to bring uh, it in whatever means that is necessary, where he will be glorified and they will be set free from their bondage and their bondage to sin. And so we should be praying and praying strong prayers like that, that God would do what only he can do in those scenarios. And uh, even if it means like their, 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 you know, physical punishment and all that, well, that's, you know, that God will be glorified and that will, you know, that his, uh, his will will be done in those situations. Hmm. And, uh, and so we should, we should pray uh, to that way, I think. And that's not an unloving thing to pray. We just need to make sure that we are, uh, we're seeing it biblically and uh, um, not just through our own kind of worldview or humanistic uh, uh, impressions or inclinations on them. And, uh, um, and that uh, we're desiring that God's will uh, be done in every situation, that his glory would, uh, would, would be made known in, in this way. And so, um, so I hope that kind of helps bring some, you know, clarity to these things. It's not really a contradiction. We just have to understand, well, what was the place of imprecatory psalms, you know, in the time in which they're written? What is Jesus calling us to? And to think of it then as like, uh, maybe not guardrails, but uh, from uh, uh, just, uh, you know, going off one way or another, like we don't sit in the place of judgment. It, you know, we're not here to just uh, execute God's uh, vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's. Right. Um, and at the same time, we don't just sit back and do nothing. You know, as we go vertical here, and to love people doesn't just mean, oh, we're just going to affirm everything that you do. That's right. Uh, that uh, we, we're not going to say that this is wrong or to, or to call out uh, 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 justice to happen in, uh, in situations that where injustice is uh, prevailing. And so this keeps us just coming back here to the Lord, asking God to execute judgment and for us to continue to walk the way that Christ called us to. Uh, with uh, with love, love for God and love for uh, our neighbor and love for our enemies, and so we live in that uh, we 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 live in that uh, vertical dimension here, not uh, not on uh, one side or the other, but uh, seeking uh, to honor the Lord in all of this. And so, if there's a uh, specific situations where you're wondering, man, how do I pray in this? Uh, where maybe it isn't as clear or you're wondering. Uh, this is where I love passages like Romans 8, 26, and 27, where we don't know what to pray when we don't know what the will of the Lord is. We just come before him and that we have the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf with groans too deep for words, uh, praying sympathetically and specifically according to the will of God. And so we just come before him praying, God, I don't know what to pray. But I want your will to be done in this. Right. You're a God of justice. You're a God of love. And so work this out for good and your glory. Conform us to Christ. Make all this, uh, uh, make all this work out. Um, and uh, and uh, we will stand back and give you the praise and glory and honor that is due your name and see your sovereignty through it 
all. And so I think we just keep coming to the Lord, keep coming, bringing our emotion, keep bringing where we're confused, where we're hurting, where we need his help. We just keep bringing it before the Lord and, uh, and he'll sort it all Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider It.